This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 3. This week's show features our interview with the three winners of the Zebra Reviews December Contest. We'll glean from their insights as well as have a panel discussion on the topic what to consider when painting bold, bright colors on your furniture pieces. We'll share the details about an exciting new event we're hosting, and we have a special guest to share the details. You'll also hear a refinishing tip, check in from a few of your friends on what they're working on in their studios this week, and we'll introduce our new segment, Did You Know? Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. It's time to chat with the winners of the December 2020 Zebra Review Contest. Our theme was candy canes, variations of red and white, of course. A little bit of time has passed since we announced the winners, but it's never too late to highlight their extraordinary efforts and hear the details of how they accomplish beautiful results. We're also going to have our panel discussion after we talk about their pieces. Before we do all of that, we want to thank our judges and the effort they put into reviewing the hundreds of pieces each month. Katie with Katie & Company Furniture Restorations, Lauren with Portland Rose Studio, Keegan with Lemon Drops Reclaimed, Natalie with Array of Sunlight, and our guest judge for December, Lindsay with Heirloom Furnishings. We also want to thank our prize sponsors, again, really terrific group of companies and wonderful prizes, Milk Paint by Fusion, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and of course, Zebra Paintbrushes. Listeners, if you are able to check out these pieces while you listen to the podcast, they are featured on our podcast page for you to enjoy. Just go to thezebrablog.com and click on the podcast. Okay, friends, let's learn and be inspired as we talk to the winners. We have Sarah with Sitting Pretty Home Decor winning first place, Yari with Lily Moon Vintage taking second, and Caroline with Living on Saltwater snatching third. Congratulations to all three of you. Thank you, Lane. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, as always, there were a lot of amazing entries, and you guys came out on top and deserve accolades for sure. So our listeners know our podcasts are not live, of course. They are pre-recorded. With that in mind, we are leaving January soon and heading into February at the time of this recording, which I might add is something I'm pretty excited about. I'm not a fan of winter. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, even though Christmas was last month, it seems like ages ago. Do you guys feel that way too? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I, th I think it's because, you know, Christmas is such a big holiday. And then when you hit January and you leave the year, it's like, I don't know. It just seems like, it just seems like so, such a long time ago. It's sort of hard to wrap your mind around it. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Yeah, we did. We did here in Tennessee. We actually got our first white Christmas. At least me and my husband did. Did <laughs> so you? That was nice. Aww, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Caroline, you're in North Carolina too, right? I am. So, I mean, we haven't had a white Christmas in, I, I want to say maybe like 89 was um, oh, wow. maybe the, the the last white Christmas. And I lived, I grew up towards the coast, so it may yeah. have been a white Christmas um, further inland. Yeah. Yeah, we, I, I will, you know, we're, we're closer to the mountains. So we did have a white Christmas probably 10, maybe 10 years ago. And, uh, and I, I think if I'm not mistaken, yes, as, as I said, Christmas seemed like a long time ago, just 2020 Christmas, but I think they were, they, they thought there, we might get some snow, which we did not. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, I'm glad you guys had a, a good holiday. Uh, now, all of you have been on the podcast before, so we have discussed where you reside. However, we may have a few new listeners, so let's at least take a few moments to do three things. I'd like for you to share your location, the weather today, of course, and how has your business been so far in the new year? And let's start with Sarah. So let's go. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Sarah. Before we get into all that information, we first want to know how you and your baby are doing since you are expecting making a Bolton household of seven or eight. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I lost count. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you have. <laughs> I'm doing really well. This has been uh, a nice, easy pregnancy. And, you know, I always... I keep working and keep busy, and I think that helps. Um, yeah. But it's still a few more weeks before it starts to really drag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does get tough. Let's see, so that would be going into third trimester. Is that what it is? Yeah, I've got 15 weeks left, but I'm not counting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you don't, do you, I think you said this before, but you don't have like morning sickness, evening sickness. You don't have any of that, do you? I have nothing. Nothing. I never even have like they call Brexton Hicks, which are like false contractions. I've never even had one of those. <laughs> wow. Man. So I need to knock on some kind of wood. <laughs> well, that, we're, we're happy for you because that means you're feeling good. You're healthy. And I'm sure your kids and your husband are pretty happy about that, too. They are. We're excited. <laughs> oh, congratulations. We're keeping track and uh, watching those stories to see how things progress. Well, go ahead and give us your location and tell us about your weather. I am in Atisco, Indiana, uh, middle of nowhere. And it's beautiful today. We got like five or six inches last night. Um, oh. And it's just, uh, you, when I opened the door this morning to my bedroom, I was like, whoa, it was so bright. <laughs> um, I got some furniture pictures in. It's always good for that, but it's starting to melt, but it's really pretty to to look at. Now, you know, I always find this interesting because you say you're in the middle of nowhere, but my goodness, Sarah, the pieces you get, maybe that's why you get such cool pieces because they're stashed away in these like older homes and they're brought out and people are like, whoa, where did you find that? I mean, they're so unique. Yeah. Well, there's a lot in Louisville um, since we're not far from there. I mean, we do sometimes have to go 45 minutes, an hour to get stuff. Um but there's just a lot of like history and there's a lot of like art appreciation there. And so I, th I think there's like a, because there's nothing in Indiana, <laughs> is there, but there's, there is a lot to be had down in Louisville. So well, how's your business doing so far in the new year? So far, so good. Um, and even for 2020, it's, it's didn't really have any big lulls that I was kind of fearful of. It's been pretty steady. Well, there was a lot of unknowns for a lot of people and really continue to be unknowns in, in some ways, but uh, I'm glad to hear most. I think actually most of the furniture finishers that we've chatted with uh, and even had on the podcast seem to be doing really well, so that's, that's great to hear. Yeah. Well, speaking of babies, Yari, didn't you mention recently in your stories that you have a new nephew or new niece? I do. I have a new nephew. His name is Sebastian, and I am obsessed with him. <laughs> I bet you He's are. So <laughs> oh, I'm obsessed with all the black hair. It's just beautiful. Because <laughs> you guys are in Tennessee. I'll go ahead and spill right. the beans on that for location. Is, is your um, nephew, he's not in state. You had to go out of state, right? 
Right. So my brother had just recently last year moved to Alabama, but he's only three, uh, well, yeah, three hours and a half from me. So mm -hmm. not too bad. So, you know, still good driving distance. So we were able to go, he's in Huntsville. So we went okay. down there to go, go meet Sebastian. Do you do like FaceTimes and stuff like that? Oh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. And my other nephew too. I'm, he's one, almost one and a half now and I'm always talking to him too. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's such a cool relationship between, uh, aunts and uncles and nephews and nieces. Cause it's sort of like grandparents where you can spoil them and, um, and then give them know. back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know exactly how it works, don't you? Yeah, I love being an aunt. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations to you as well. Um, Thank so you. I, I said Tennessee, so why don't you just tell people where you are in Tennessee and then tell us how the weather is there. So I'm a little right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, um, and it is 38 today. It was 60 yesterday. It's 38 today. So yeah. <laughs> definitely got way chillier. I know. It's like you don't put your winter clothes up and you don't put your summer clothes up. Exactly. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So how's your business been this this uh, January? It started off pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, as uh, just like Sarah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't find um, my business really take a hit that much um, in yeah. 2020 with all the craziness. Um, surprisingly, I was the busiest. Um, and it seems to be going pretty well this year so far, too. So... Ah, that's that's so good to hear. Well, that's excellent. Well, Caroline, we're um we're neighbors, sort of, kinda, because yeah. we live in the same state. <laughs> Not too far. That's right. So you're from North Carolina. Am I correct on that? Yes, I'm from around the New Bern area originally, and um, I'm right outside of Raleigh right now. Yeah. So what's the weather like there? You probably have the exact same weather that I'm seeing. Yeah, we, um, you know, we actually got snow this morning and, um, <laughs> at six o'clock it, you know, looked really pretty this morning and <laughs> then it just kind of continued to melt and did not look so pretty. Um, so, but it was really nice to, to get that North Carolina snow that like just hangs around so you can, you, you know, know <laughs> see it look pretty and then it disappears and you don't have to shovel or, or do anything. <laughs> Yeah, it just turns to mud. Yes, it, it is very kind of a soppy mess out there right now. <laughs> so, Caroline, how's your business been in January? I feel like this January has kind of been crazy for me. I launched a stencil course because I do a lot of stencil pieces, and I've become a BB Froch retailer towards the, like the the last month of 2020. And so it's um it's been a difficult uh not difficult, but it's been an interesting like transition into the the new year. If anybody ought to be launching a stencil course, it ought to be you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. I love doing them. And I actually have an order for new stencils that should be getting here soon. So I'm excited to make some more pieces. I bet. Well, that's uh, a lot of people I'm sure are going to want to take advantage of uh, your course. So that's, that's excellent. And congratulations on being a BB Froche. Are you just say a rep, a uh, brand ambassador selling the selling the product? Yes, I'm a retailer. So I'm, I'm selling it on my, um, my website. Okay, excellent. Uh, good product. Okay, let's get to your winning pieces. I know everyone's eager to hear how you guys accomplished uh, these masterpieces. So let's start with you, Caroline. This is one clean and striking piece, and you won third, so we want to hear all the details. So tell us all about it. 
So this dresser, I actually, um, this was my plan B for this dresser. Uh, I had a different inspiration in mind. It's a, it's a Dixie dresser. Originally, I wanted to sand down the top and stain it and do kind of a creamy white color with some ore bronze hardware. And um, this piece was in my storage unit for a while. And I, I knew the top was kind of iffy. There was some veneer damage. and But I started sanding it down stripping it like I would stain it and kind of decided that I didn't have the patience for trial and error to see if I could make the stain top look good. Um, and so after spending that time stripping it down, I decided to go with my plan B, which is to paint it all white and do gold hardware. And it turned out excellent. So plan B can sometimes be way better than, than plan A. Um, and this was actually my first all white piece and i mean as you know other furniture artists know white pieces are hard they take <laughs> so much more work it was definitely a challenge and i learned so much about white pieces making this dresser you've, you've answered my question and i didn't even ask it but, the, but i was going to say what was your biggest challenge so it sounds like that was it what did you do to it to make sure that it stayed white I used way more primer than I've ever used on a piece. And um, I, I think I, you know, crossed my fingers and hoped and prayed throughout the entire process that there was not going to be any bleed through because, you know, you could get to the final poly step and everything looks good. And then somehow some place starts to yellow and just, just magically. <laughs> um, and so I used a lot of primer and a lot of paint. Um, and, but yes, that I think primer is always the key for the top coat. Talk about yellowing, because I know that's a concern for people, you know, putting it down a top coat that's going to yellow over time. Like it's white and crisp. And then I don't know, months later, it has a yellow tone to it. What, what did you use for your top coat? I personally love the Verithane, um, water-based poly. I use mm -hmm. that on pretty much all of my pieces. I, I didn't have any, you know, bad experience with it yellowing. And I, I consulted some other furniture artists that, um, you know, used, use a water-based poly, um, and asked them about their experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think as long as you do a really good job of priming, you know, with the shellac or other stain blocking primer, then using that, you know, water-based poly can really help prevent that yellowing. Well, it's, it certainly is beautiful. Do you still have this piece? Did you decide to keep it or did you sell it? It sold and um, it was shipped and delivered um, actually to Charlotte, kind of the, the early part of January. So um, it sold off my website. Wow. Now that's interesting. Let, let me ask you a couple questions about that because I know a lot of people are interested about expanding their customer base. So um, you, you have a website, you put your product up on your website. Somebody from Charlotte saw it and inquired about it. Um, I know you're not, I don't know, how far, how far are you from Charlotte? Like if you were driving to Charlotte? I think about two to two and a half hours. Okay, so that's a that's a decent drive. Yes, and so my my customer saw it off my website. I think she found me on Instagram. My website recommends that if someone needs to have something shipped and they they aren't local, to reach out to me and I'll get a shipping quote. 
I have some shippers kind of in my back pocket that I've used and then other times I'll go out onto a platform to, to try to find mm -hmm. a shipper if one of my regular shippers doesn't go to a specific location. She just bought it, and I know this happens a lot, but she bought it, you know, a sight unseen. I mean, she didn't come look at it or anything like that. No, and um, sometimes that makes me nervous as a furniture artist, um, <laughs> you know. But yes, that I do recommend. It's on my listing that if you're looking for, you know, specific color or you're trying to color match, that you know, colors can vary on screen. And um, if that's the case, then I do recommend that you come see it in person prior to yeah. shipment. Yeah. I guess that was one of the advantages of being white. You don't have so many issues. That's true. With that so much. Well, you know, Caroline, uh, describe your style for us just so if there's any new folks that aren't familiar with what you've done in your account, how would you describe your work? I would say that my style is more clean lines and more of a modern design um, mm -hmm. and style. And, you know, I do, um, I love pieces that are just one solid color. Um, but then, you know, I also love those bohemian stencil pieces. Like if you're looking for that kind of like wow factor when someone walks into the room. That's uh, certainly very talented. Uh, thanks for, for sharing that as well. Thank you. Share your Instagram account for our listeners. My Instagram account is living on saltwater. Excellent. Thanks so much for sharing that, uh, Caroline. Yari, you won second on your dresser yes. in your post. <laughs> you stated it reminds you of walking into a candy store during Christmas in New York City. Great description. <laughs> we just need to have some candy to munch on while you talk about it. Why don't you give us the details? <laughs> Yes, please. So, uh, <laughs> so this piece, I actually went hunting for a small piece specifically because I don't do a lot of red. And the last time that I painted a piece in red, it took forever to sell. So it always makes me like a little nervous to try red again. So I finally found a piece <laughs> and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And of course, you know, all the, you know, little contests that you guys host and encourage us to do got me really motivated. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so I understand Mr. Lily Moon Vintage helped make uh, some hap some changes to this thing structurally. Yes. So when I first purchased it, um, the base, there was just one side that was kind of cracked. Um, and I was like, you know what, I want to modernize this piece anyways. So I asked him to help me out and we built this whole new base, which funny enough, I actually questioned Sarah. I, I went to her and I'm like, does this look good? <laughs> Cause I wasn't really sure if, you know, at the end I was going to, I was going to like it, but I actually were really happy with the way that it turned out. Yeah, I guess, you know, when it comes to making structural changes, you know, obviously structural changes that, that shore up the piece, but when you kind of change the bottom like the legs or whatever you you have i mean there's a lot of options out there now today aren't there yeah there are yeah and that's something that i've been really into lately just kind of like swapping legs out so <laughs> a lot of my <laughs> new pieces coming out now are gonna have new legs <laughs> yeah that's cool i mean that's that's a lot of fun when you see a piece you know change its whole like look and style and design just by you know, making changes to the base. That's, that's yes, really neat. It's a very easy way to modernize a piece by just switching the legs out. So it's red. What color, uh, what, what brand of paint and type of paint? 
So I use Dixie Belle primarily. Um, so this is the color Barn Red. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great description for it. That's that's really really pretty, mm-hmm. very stunning. Tell us about the hardware because that that always amazes me too. We're just talking about like when you take a piece and you change out the base, and I know hardware probably maybe you guys can tell me differently, but it seems like hardware would be the easiest to change because if you don't like it, you just change. You don't have to strip it down and start over, right? Yeah, it is one of the easiest things to do. Um, And it's also one of those things that you change hardware out, it it instantly modernizes a piece too. Mm So um, I found these, I believe I found those at Hobby Lobby. They're just very simple white knobs and I thought they were just perfect to go against the red since I was going for that peppermint candy cane kind of vibe. So (laughs) I thought it it complemented it really nicely. You know, you could have taken those. um, What is that candy? It's uh, peppermint or is it peppermint? You know, they're red and white and they're round. Yeah, peppermint. You know yeah, what do you call those things? Just peppermint, something and others, candies? <laughs> I think it's just peppermints. <laughs> yeah, peppermints. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm making it too complicated. Um, no, I wonder what would happen if you took those and dipped them in like some sort of like hardening material, like polyurethane or something and oh, let it harden. like an epoxy or something, like a resin. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah resin. And, and make a handle out of it. <laughs> That'd be very creative. <laughs> Go for it, Lane. You have all these little kids, though, going up to it and licking it. (laughs) At least you could change it, though. It's not, you know, at least it's not a permanent thing. Okay, off with my harebrained ideas here. (laughs) All righty. Well, so did you, is this piece sold? It did, actually. It sold, I think, within a few days, actually, within the same week, and which really surprised me, like I said, because I was already, mentally, I was already preparing myself to repaint it another color. (laughs) It was just like, (laughs) it's not going to sell. I was being so negative, but it actually sold within a week, so that was good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised, but I understand. I mean, I think anytime you go off into less of a neutral color into more of a bold color, you, you realize that you may be narrowing your customer, you know, um, base down a little bit. But yeah. with the talent you guys have, there's always people out there who are looking for something maybe that not everybody else is looking for on standpoint right. of color. So, mm-hmm. well, you already just describe your style for us. So, I mean, I do a lot of clean lines and one colors, but then sometimes I'll just kind of surprise everybody with a very bold like blended piece (laughs) Um, but i definitely have been doing a lot more bold pieces like brighter colors and stuff so yeah yeah you do that uh blending stuff the ombre effect Mm -hmm. oh man that is that has to be hard is it i mean it looks really difficult it is is, i mean it's not i think it's more time consuming and your arm gets kind of tired after a while Uh and if you're a perfectionist like me yeah (laughs) Yeah. I guess it could be a little hard. He makes it look easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would say that the, the you know, one of the marks of a successful ombre effect is just the smoothness, you know, and the transitions. And, you know, you do a phenomenal job at that. Uh, Thank so you. That's, that's cool. Well, great transformation on this piece, Yari, and congrats on winning second. Share your Instagram account with our listeners. So you can find me at Lily Moon Vintage. Excellent. Sarah. You won first place, and you really did paint a candy cane look on your dresser, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I went. I just went all That's out. That's right. Now, have any of your kids gone up to it and tried to eat this dresser? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and I did post this in my stories when I was staging it. My 10-year-old, I guess, was Googling candy canes and, like, 
the whole time I was staging it, he was reading this entire <laughs> history of the candy really? cane to me. <laughs> yeah. He was really into it. So you know all about the candy cane then. Um, no, that kind of tells <laughs> out. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> so speaking of Instagram, I do recall that you said that you were inspired by something in your home uh, when you did this. So share, share what that was. Well, the thing I love the most about the, the zebra review is just, it's, it's something to challenge you and push you outside of your box. And, you know, especially when you get in creative ruts, which we all do all the time, it's like, okay, you know, this is a challenge. What can I do? And I thought, well, I don't really want to paint red because what Yari <laughs> said, whenever I paint red, it just sits. And I didn't have any pieces that I really felt like I wanted to do white. And I had this ticking stripe pillow on my couch and I was talking to my husband and I literally looked at the pillow and I'm like, Oh, what if I did a ticking stripe? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> How would you do that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I, I get kind of obsessive too. Like once I get something in my head, I, I want to just think it to death. So I spent a lot of time like laying out in my head, like how I would do it and where I would put them. And, um, cause I had this piece sitting in my basement. I hadn't had any plans for it. Um, and it was hard because I didn't want the whole thing to be stripes. Um, I didn't know where to start them and stop them because it has those empire curves. Um, and yeah, I just ended up doing that little section of them, which I'm glad because if I had to do any more of them, <laughs> I could have lost my mind. I will never do that again. <laughs> so I guess that's what determined how many stripes are on here. Yes. It's like, well, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that had to have been really difficult because, you know, I guess, I guess a lot of people would say, well, just stick them in the center, right? Or maybe do, maybe yeah. do a few on one side and do a few on the other side. But you did one, two, three, four, five, six, six stripes. Yeah. Yeah. And you put, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, it's such a cool location. Now, how difficult was it to, I mean, so just tell us, this is not a transfer, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. So I had to think about, and I looked at the pillow and I kind of, and I went on Amazon to look at the different widths of T uh, painters tape that you know they come mm -hmm. in eight inch or eighth inch quarter inch and i tried to figure out but i kept getting confused i'm like wait am i gonna be putting tape where there's white or where there's red and which color should i paint first <laughs> and it got really confusing so i just took like a cardboard box um and i painted it white and then i laid my tape out painted more white over the tape to help with bleeding mm -hmm. and then painted the red then pulled the so i practiced um, but I just eyeballed it. I just used, um, I think I ended up using quarter inch tape and one inch tape and I just laid each one out and I did it with the drawers in and I ended up taking like a razor blade and cutting them. And it just, I had so much touch up. I would, I would have done it differently if I could do it again. <laughs> Cause I spent a lot of time going back in with artist brushes and touching up spots that I'd missed and bleeding and wow. yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm really impressed. Now, I'm also impressed because you're really quite the poet. And the reason why I say that <clears throat> is because on your post, now listen, everybody, I'm going to quote something from Sarah. This is what she put on her, on her post. It says, the top was stripped, bleached several times and washed with a mix of cream and green to counteract the red that was still rearing its ugly head. Doesn't, isn't that sound so poetic? <laughs> 
does the way you say it. <laughs> I mean, from like, and even the balance, because it's like the cream and red to counteract the red that was still rearing its ugly head. Did you plan that? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I didn't. And now that you say that, I'm like, oh, it does sound kind of eloquent, doesn't it? <laughs> you, you should like print. Now, did you sell this piece? No. You haven't? I have gotten more shipping requests, like quotes for that piece. And it's just, no, it's just living in my basement. <laughs> you mean, is that is it because the, the to uh, ship it's been too costly? Um, I've gotten three of them to California. I've never gotten a shipping request to California. And I've gotten three to California for that piece. Oh, I don't word. know if it's because it, I mean, to me, it's very farmhouse. I could see it leaning coastal. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if that's why, but yeah, I mean, shipping to California, other than like out of the country, you're not going to get much pricier. Maybe it would be cheaper for, for you and Gary and the kids just to take a, like a week trip to, of course you sure. that would be pushing it. <laughs> well, Gary loves to drive. So he's like, how many miles in it? And I was like, well, according to this, it's like 2,500 one way. He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so when you really think about it, it's no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, well, I got a feeling it's going to sell pretty soon. I mean, it, it is just like what we talked about, you know, you near your, your customer base, although you're, you're selling, you know, nationwide. Uh, but it's such an interesting piece and it's uh, really beautiful. Uh, that's excellent. Thank you. So describe your style for us, Sarah. You know, I recently just kind of tried to hone in my style and figure out what it is because I love <laughs> doing everything, but I keep using the term modern vintage because I, every piece I do, I try to incorporate some aspect of vintage and some yeah. aspect of modern. And cause that's what my home is. I mean, my home is, I have lots of modern elements, but I also have some, you know, 1800s chippy milk paint pieces. So I, every piece I do, I try to sort of stick with that. That's a, that's a good description. I like that. And, um, uh, knowing your style, you all obviously that you're aware of all the different styles out there and the different directions you can go in. But I love how confidently you guys share your style. Like you know, you really enjoy it, and this is who you are, and that's that's really cool. Well, congratulations on winning first place, Sarah! Incredible job with all the extra detail. Um, it'll pay off when you get that uh, final sale on it, unless you decide to keep it and pull it out at Christmas time. <laughs> I know I could. I did have one lady consider buying it just for Christmas decor. I thought, Are you serious? Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That's some serious decorating. <laughs> it, that is absolutely. Well, share your Instagram account with our listeners. It is sitting pretty home decor. Okay, great. Support for Zebra's Before and After comes from Zebra, the brush company that produces application-specific paintbrushes that will literally change your paint life. Whether you are painting a room, creating a craft, or refinishing a furniture piece, Zebra has you covered. Each one of our thoughtfully designed brushes has a specific purpose in mind, and each one is packed with unique and proprietary filaments that are smaller in diameter, allowing us to give you 25% more filament pack out than your standard brush. That translates to smooth finishes and fun brushing. Zebra brushes give you the opportunity to fill your work and guide it to your desired destination. Enjoy and paint on. It's time for our Zebra panel discussion. Today's topic among our December Zebra Review winners is what do you consider when painting bold, bright colors on your furniture? And we're going to include in that discussion also painting white on furniture. 
As we often say when we get to our panel discussion, imagine the three of you are sitting around a table outside on a beautiful sunny day at a cool bistro, having lunch or coffee, discussing refinishing. I'll be the waiter that pops in and out occasionally, uh, so don't mind me, okay? <laughs> all right. Okay, it's all yours, Zebra Review panelist. So I guess I can start. Um, so I do a lot of colors. As you, If you go through my Instagram, you'll see I do a lot of bold colors. And one of the things that I always recommend other refinishers when they reach out to me about, you know, not having the courage to go bold and things like that is even though I'm a, a myself still get a little scared um i still you know i kind of try to ask them you know do you have the space first i would probably say you know what's your market like in your area do you know is it more populated with you know or saturated with like white colors and like neutrals or do you see color you know because you know your market is also very important as to you know considering what you're going to sell um but then also do you have the space if it does end up sitting for a little bit do you have the space to store it for a little while while it sells you know so just having a little bit of patience for that as well so that's one of the things that i always try to recommend to or, or at least make them think about when when they reach out to me asking me about bold colors yeah because if you don't ship and you live in some little tiny small town and that's your market, you may limit yourself, you know, or in some cities are, you know, above the trends. And so neutrals are actually harder to sell. So I do think considering your market is, is huge. I think I always try to consider the buyer. Like I always imagine what type of person is probably going to buy this piece. Like what's their style age range. Cause you can kind of, you can kind of feel it out, you know, based on the style of piece it is. But I always say don't overconsider it too much too. Like mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think there are rules, like if it's classic and it's, and it's, um, you know, Hepple white, like we, we need to go neutral or if it's mid mod, you know, we, we can't paint it, you know, there are all these first <laughs> rules, but I think it's when you break them that it's exciting. And usually those are the pieces for me that sell <laughs> like it's right. the ones that I'm like, Oh, I don't think I should do this. <laughs> I think it's because it's unexpected and people appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just painted a piece in like a very bold plum color and the inside I did in a very bold orange <laughs> with like a black and white backing. And I, I mean, I finished it and I stored it away. I packed it up and all that just because I know that most likely that's a piece that's most likely going to sell on my Etsy shop for someone online. Um, because I have experience at Etsy shoppers do like a little bit more bold colors. Um, so yeah, you definitely have to consider those things. Definitely like age range and stuff like that. Like Sarah said. I think sometimes considering, you know, what the piece is, you know, I think dressers, some buffets, things like that, you know, are more common things that people want to purchase in tables, nightstands. Recently I had a very unique piece. It's a, it's an old wooden file cabinet. And, um, I ended up having a color dilemma with that. And I wanted, I mean, having a wooden file cabinet, I don't know how much need there is for that. Um, I think it could be used in a a variety of different spaces, but it's not a dresser that, you know, everybody needs. And I was trying to find a, kind of a gray blue color. And the color I ended up picking was 
in my opinion, much more Carolina blue. And Lane, as you'll know, in, in North Carolina, that invokes a lot of feeling. And I felt like I was going to limit the number of people, you know, locally that w- that could be interested in this somewhat unique piece. That's funny that you that you thought of that, you know, for had have a color be specific to your, your area, you know, like you said, evokes feelings in people. I don't think I've, I've thought of that. That's really interesting. I can imagine that in Louisville, there's a, there's um there's a very clean divide between the U of L fans and the UK fans, and that's like there's UK blue and U of L red. <laughs> and I can imagine someone being like, "Well, I love that dresser, but it's U of L red, so I can't buy it." Well, I can just as as the waiter listening in at this table discuss this topic. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought that, Caroline. I just wouldn't have bought that Carolina blue. Okay? Don't worry. I, I could not have it sit in my house because I went to NC State. So um, that was oh, another yeah. reason. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. And I mean, Tennessee is Tennessee orange. The voles are super bright orange. I don't know if I could paint a piece that color. <laughs> that is a very intense It probably orange. would sell, though. It probably would sell the same day because, oh, my gosh, people are so proud of the voles here. <laughs> There's orange everywhere. Yeah, I think so, you just have to be prepared. I think you have to be willing to accept if you're going to go bold, you have to be willing to accept it might sit. It may sell the same day. Um, but anymore, I feel like neutrals are kind of the same. I Sometimes if I need a quick sell, I'm like, oh, I'll paint it neutral and then nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, like, I've okay. experienced that <laughs> for sure. I think that the trends are definitely changing. Yeah. The other thing that I would consider also when you're painting a bold color is just depending on the color that it is, it might take more coats um, of paint. So something that I had suggested when I was painting this red piece was using a gray primer. And I suggest that for reds for maybe pinks things like that a gray primer would save you so many more you know so much more coats of of paint um just because i don't know what it is honestly there's some kind of i don't know chemistry with that but when you start your piece off with gray even with like painting walls you prime them in gray and you only have to do maybe two coats of red and you're good to go versus painting over white with a red it's going to take you like four coats and it's kind of weird kind of how it works that way just like when we were to paint white um but that's one of the things that i also consider and try to think of before i get into the painting yeah for sure you can have the I know a lot of us use bin primer um, mm-hmm. a lot and you can have that tinted to yes. a lot of colors too. Yes. I've done that. I've, I've tinted it for the most part gray. Yeah. It really is weird how, how much of a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. That is something I need to do. And I was going to ask y'all about that. Um, do you just keep a gallon or a quart of tinted around for your bold pieces when you're, when you're painting those? Well, I actually have two gallons. Like I have a white and I have a gray. The other thing that I've noticed lately also is if you were to do like even light colors, you can prime with gray and it'll give you more coverage, like better coverage when you're painting light colors on top of it. It's really weird, (laughs) but I've painted a light like tan color over a gray boss and it worked so good. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I I just keep them both on hand. I just um, painted some black chairs and I used, it's not a a tannin blocking primer, but I used a black primer, like a true black primer. 
and it made so much difference. I didn't know they made a black primer, so that's interesting. They, they do. It's called Aqualock. <laughs> I found it through some cabinet um, painters, and because there's nothing worse than you know a nick on a black piece, you yes. know it just stands out like a sore thumb. So, yes, black primer. <laughs> I love I like that. that. I love <laughs> that too. I think my, I've done one black piece and um, I think black can be just as hard as white sometimes. Yes. Um, it's, yes. Especially when you're trying to put a top coat on it too. I think that I struggled with that on um, that black piece. Um, so it, that was a very challenging piece for me. Yeah, because painting black, sometimes when you top coat, it looks a little like fuzzy. Like it has like a, a haze depending Hazy. on the top yes. coat that you use. Yeah. So one thing that um, has helped me is just adding a tiny bit of the black paint into the top coat when I'm spraying. Um, and then that kind of eliminates that haziness. And then hemp oil, you know, things like that don't, you know, get hazy. So that's that's another option for dark colors like that. That's exactly what I ended up doing is I added black paint to my um, poly and then I kind of tapered it down so that there was less black paint in my poly um, over the like number of coats that I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I won't even spray poly over white without some paint in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, where are all these fuzzies coming from? Well, it's funny you said that because I've never done that. I've never even thought to do that. So that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, you think it's dust free and there's nothing. And then all of a sudden you put top coat on your white and every living specimen that's in the air comes to die on your dresser. <laughs> yeah, I've always done it with dark colors and I didn't even think about doing it with white. Thank you. <laughs> I, I am doing some white nightstands right now and I'm at the poly stage. So I think I'm going to do that because on that white dresser that won the contest, I turned off my heat. There was no air flowing. Like every fan was like dead in the house. Like I had a humidifier going. Like I was trying, I was like, the dog has to be in another room. Like you cannot walk by this dresser. You have to go like the roundabout way, like, like trying to seal it off. Um, because I kept getting all these little fuzzies. I'm like, where are these things coming from? It's so frustrating. <laughs> It makes I'm you wonder how many little things are in the other colored pieces that we don't <laughs> right. <find>. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yes, because I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, and I would take a Swiffer, um, you know, over between my poly coats. And I know, Yadi, you used that paper bag method, I think. I've seen you yes. use that. Yes. To kind of like get rid of the fuzzies and stuff. And so, um, so yeah, the, the Swiffer was kind of, my best friend for that. <laughs> and what's the paper bag method? So basically I take, then um, this is after the piece has been painted and top coated and it's fully dry. I take a brown paper bag, like a lunch bag, mm -hmm. and I just kind of fold it up. And then I just lightly sand the piece down with the brown paper bag. So it's like a really, really high grit sandpaper, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just leaves your piece silky smooth without any kind of marks. Because I've tried like up to like 6,000 grit or something to do that. And it always has like some marks and I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> so oh. somebody was actually nice enough to teach me the paper bag method and I started doing it and I haven't gone back ever since. <laughs> you can't get any smoother than that. <laughs> yeah. It works really good on everything too. Like beeswax, regular wax, hemp oil, yes. anything. It just, it makes it so soft. I did on that white piece too. I felt 
I don't know. Um, I was trying to look at different methods of applying poly. Um, do y'all mostly spray your poly like for bold colors or all, all of your pieces or, or what is your method? Zebra yeah. paintbrushes for heaven's sake. Yes, My yes, goodness. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I do. No, I always use my brushes. I know you but... do. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, just had to, I just had to throw that in there. Any, any refills for anybody? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> any extra chips or anything? <laughs> sorry. <please. laughs> oh, that's too funny. No, they... Uh, there are a couple brushes that are really good for poly. The uh, the chiseled wedge is good. Anything that holds a good amount, I feel mm -hmm. like you need because you don't want any, you don't want it to dry out quickly because the poly dries so fast. Um, and then the the two inch, the two and a half inch, the three inch. You guys, is that a thing? I have one, yeah, but I don't. It, <laughs> it is a thing. Uh, we had several samples made, and we're actually in the process of. Re, uh, unveiling those this year. So that okay. is, I'm sure you probably do have one because we have sent you samples in the past, but yeah, we, we will have a three inch, uh, angled sash, uh, on our website very soon, uh, this year. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, it really helps to do, just get it on quickly and smoothly. I've used the fan brush a lot recently for my poly and the the square brush, like if like to do kind of like the front apron of things to kind of like that return on your the front part of the the tops and stuff. I find that the square brush can usually be like that perfect three quarter, like um, can hit that whole like return on your top there. Yeah, it's it is such a great size, isn't it? I mean, uh, we we get so many people talking about the square, and it's like it's just such an ideal size for multiple different applications. But that is a primary one for sure. My fan brush is hemp oil only. <laughs> they all have this nice yellow tinge to them. I don't know something about <laughs> hemp oil with a fan brush. It's like the perfect combo. <laughs> You know, there are a lot of different types of paints out there, and uh, I guess my question for you guys is, is there any specific paint that you prefer over others when it comes to uh, applying a bright color, or does it just not really matter with respect to the type of paint? I, as far as the type, do you mean like like chalk versus... Yeah. Yeah, milk paint, chalk paint, ceramic based paints, like what like what any preference on or does it does it really not matter because you you're dealing with uh the primers and how important the primers are, but uh is there anything there that people need to be aware of when they're laying down a bright uh putting down a bright color? I do tend to always gravitate towards fusion. I mean, that's kind of my main paint and what I love using, but I do find that their coverage is very consistent across the board. Where other paints, you know, you might get really good coverage in one color and not so much in another, another. Even their their bold colors, you know, just have really good pigmentation and coverage. And their their paint also has the top coat built into it as well. I mean, that doesn't mean, uh, depending on what you're painting, that you would not use a primer. I mean, not a top coat, but it has a primer built into it, I believe, as well. Correct? Yeah, um, I believe it does. I feel like I should know that. It does. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. it does. I, I, it's not a stain or tannin blocking primer, yeah. but but it's a good, you know, adhesive paint. Yeah, so if I were to, you know, choose, I mean, I use primer, like I said, Dixie Belle, and Dixie Belle's colors are just super bold. Um, so I really love 
any type of paint that is self-leveling. That is usually the paint that yes. I gravitate to. <laughs> For me, I usually am mixing up BB Froche, so um, I'm usually trying to find a, a mid-grade paint, um, you know, from one of the, the big paint lines. I don't like using like kind of the low grade paint because those aren't self-leveling and I feel like the coverage isn't as good and you'll have to do more coats. And I think that's can be one of the more annoying things is because you have to wait the drying time between coats. If you, if you don't, then you could end up with, you know, bad surface or durability. Well, I know I certainly enjoyed hearing you all discuss refinishing uh, with a focus on these bright colors, uh, even though I was busy waiting tables. I did hear some here and there, <laughs> uh, but I can't say this. I'm pretty confident that our listening friends as well enjoyed it. So just a special thank you to all three of you for joining us today. And I want to tell you guys to stay safe and stay well. Thank you so much, Lane. Thank you, Lane. Thank you. Someone once said that knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Well said, isn't it? Well, we love discovering new information and imparting that knowledge to the community. Welcome to our new segment called Did You Know? Each week we'll highlight a little something that maybe you didn't know. And if you did, well, it will just be a reminder for you. We hope you enjoy. Did you know that one of the most popular hardwoods used in furniture is oak? Oak, like all hardwoods, come from the deciduous trees, and according to the dictionary, deciduous simply means shedding its leaves. We're getting back to the oak specifically. There are over 600 species, and the site dwell.com states that the most readily available in North America are red and white oak. Dwell.com also states that both species are light brown in color, although red oak usually has hints of red, and both have visible growth rings and straight grains. Who doesn't love the big oak trees? In fact, I am privileged that I get to look out my window every day, gazing out on a huge, gigantic pin oak. And then, of course, my desk is oak. If you cross over the pond to our friends in England, they take pride in one of the most famous oaks called the Major Oak. AmericanForest.org say that the Major Oak, which is an English oak, is believed to be between 800 to 1,000 years old, weighing an estimated 23 tons. In 2014, the major oak was named England's Tree of the Year, and rightly so. How is that for a little bit of FYI on oak trees for your day? If you didn't know, now you do. In a community, everyone wants to stay connected, and with a furniture refinishing community, it's no less of a desire. So we decided to add a new segment that allows you to hear from a few of your friends in each weekly show as they tell us what they're working on in their studios this week. This is Cindy with Reinvented Delaware, and this week in my workshop, I'm working on a seven-piece dining room set for a custom client. We're stripping off the paint with a heat gun and reapplying paint and stain with my favorite zebra brush, the Palm Pro. Hi, everyone. This is Maggie. And Nate with Silo Design, and we are working this week on two Kent Coffee mid-century modern pieces. It has the original hardware, which we totally love. And we're thinking we're going to make a, a custom color for it. So other than that, we're just getting the shop ready for spring, doing some reorganizing. Hope you guys have a great week. Hi, friends. This is Eliana with Why Not Redesign. And this week, I'm working on getting back into the swing of things. 
after the crazy last few days that we've had in Texas with weather. My family and I are okay, and I'm happy to report that my shop is also okay, although I did have some losses, but not many. Today in my workshop, I'm working on an antique buffet that has been literally staring me in the face since August of 2020. I've had complete painter's block with this one, but I think I finally have a plan, and I'll be executing that plan this week. So follow me on my instant stories to see what all I get into. And thanks for listening today. If you're interested in sharing what's happening in your studio, send me a quick message at lane at enjoyzebra.com. Today's refinishing tip comes from Sarah with Home Revival. Hey everyone, it's Sarah from Home Revival. And my top tip is to wrap your zebra brushes in cling wrap in between coats of paint. It stops you from having to rinse your brush out. It keeps the paint wet and it stops the paint from drying on your bristles, keeping those brushes in tip-top condition. And it'll also even work overnight if you just pop it in the fridge. Great way to keep you productive and keep your brush from drying out in the process of painting, Sarah. Thanks for sharing your tip. Most of you know, we just finished up our second annual Zebra Golden Brush Awards and we had an incredible response from the entries to the public voting. We heard from so many of you that shared how grateful you are that we continually provide a platform for furniture artists to be recognized in the industry from events like the Golden Brush Awards to our weekly, monthly and quarterly contest. Well, the excitement continues today because we have a fun announcement to make and we have a special guest who will be sharing the details of what we're about to launch here at Zebra. Our guest is well known in the industry. She is an award-winning refinisher. She is followed by many and is always available to help answer questions from other refinishers. Welcome, Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture Restorations. Hi, Lane. How are you? I'm doing good. The sun is shining, Jen. <laughs> How about yep. for you? It is shining here, too. It couldn't be a nicer winter day after the frigid cold that we've had for a couple of weeks. So I am happy. Yeah, so you guys had extremely low temps. Like, what are we talking? Oh, my gosh, so low. Like, wind chills in, like, the negative 30s. So oh <laughs> the type of, like, to, and today is 40, so 40 degrees above zero. So if you can imagine, that's like a 100-degree it's a swing. So that's the kind of stuff that we deal with here. Um, 35 below. I've told you guys before, if you watch me on Instagram at all, that if you ha if you don't know what it feels like, you don't want to know. It <laughs> is like you walk outside and it takes your breath away. It like instantly sting stings your skin. So yeah. 40 degrees above zero feels like a tropical vacation right now. <laughs> That's right. Get your bathing suits out for today. Right. right? No kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is interesting the way you described it because it, you know, there's cold that's uncomfortable cold and then there's cold that's painful. Right. And that's what you're talking about. I mean, it's actually painful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't want to in any way um, like put a shadow, cast a shadow on your beautiful weather, but just for, just for the fact <laughs> of just sharing weather, <laughs> oh, which, boy. which I like to do, <laughs> you know, we are enjoying sun too. So we both have that in common. We got the sun out, but in this, this is a pretty cool thing here in the South because this has been, I would say a colder winter than, uh, than average. 
But tomorrow, we're expected to get up close to 70 degrees, like 69 degrees. Oh. It'd be cool if we top the 69. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally jealous. Totally yeah. jealous, but happy oh. for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're a good sport, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm eager to share that uh, Jen reached out to me several months ago with an idea, and we began brainstorming, developing the details, and today we're eager to share with you a new exciting event to the furniture industry called the Zebra Furniture Flip. Jen, what is the Zebra Furniture Flip? All right, so I'm super excited about this. I Gosh, I had this idea a long time ago and just thought, I've got to share this. Um, Between the shows that you see on TV, like um, Flea Market Flip, between that and then something that I do in my own business um, that I love to do more than anything is taking an ugly duckling piece of furniture. So in other words, something that is undesirable, um, not pretty. Um, and turning it into something that, or, you know, maybe something that's undesirable and headed for, you know, the landfill or the fire pit and taking that and turning it Mm -hmm. into something really beautiful. So between those two things, I kind of came up with this idea that might be fun for this community to enjoy. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you guys, um, to submit your quote unquote, ugly ducklings to us, um, And once we look at those pieces, um, we're going to kind of decide which ones we would love to see made over. Uh, We're looking at three contestants um, that we're going to choose out of everybody who submits an entry. So everybody and anybody can submit an entry. If you have a piece that you already have at home in your garage. I know I have a couple, or if you are going out thrifting or looking on marketplace or wherever, and you find a piece that you think would make a great zebra furniture flip makeover, you're going to submit it to us via the um, zebra website. Um, From there, like I said, we're going to choose three contestants, the three pieces that we'd like to see made over and at the end of it you know we're going to follow along follow along with you in that process i'm going to be here to help you if you need but there's a little catch with that um but also um you know follow along with this and kind of show everybody the process and at the end um we're going to open it up to the public to vote on which piece they liked the best which makeover they liked the best Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that's always drawn me to furniture refinishers is their ability to do just what you're talking about, to take a piece that maybe your average person would look at and go, oh, that's definitely got to go to the landfill. But, you know, you guys look at these pieces and go, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I, I could take it and do this to it. I can maybe make some structural changes to it. Um, I can keep it. I can salvage it. I can make it beautiful again. And so that's what this is really all about. I love the way you talked about, uh, you know, taking an old piece. It's sort of like an ugly duckling and making it into a swan, a beautiful swan again. So that's that's well said. Now, just a couple quick questions, Jen. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, are wondering about uh, 
does it does this particular process does it have to be repurposing a piece or is it just making it from okay, so ugly no, to beautiful? We are not looking for you to repurpose a piece. If that is part of your process, that's fine, but it does not have to be repurposed. We are more looking for something that just starts out as ugly and undesirable and turns out beautiful and people want to buy it. Um, so there's, there's no specific parameters like you need to turn this into this. We just want to see those incredible jaw dropping makeovers that everybody loves. And that's interesting because we're used to seeing, well, a lot of folks will show the before and after, but for the most part, we're used to seeing mm -hmm. the, the afters, right? Everybody's posting what they've done. In this case, folks are going to pull uh, the piece that they want to flip, and they're gonna they're going to upload that onto our site. And uh, so once once all the entries are in, and uh, we get to look over those pieces, would you say that uh, you know if if somebody's thinking about entering and they've got two or three pieces, that they should probably choose the piece that is going to have the most dramatic wow factor once it's made over? In other words, it looks pretty rough. Uh, the entry looks pretty rough, that is. Yes, absolutely. So in this case, like just like you said, we're not we're we're not judging you on your afters. We're gonna judge you on the befores. So send us those pieces that right. that somebody might look at and think, no way, no way is she or he gonna be able to make that pretty again. <laughs> because guys, I'm telling you, I've had several. Um, but you know, send us those pieces that someone's gonna say, no way. They can't do it or oh my gosh i would have put that to the curb in a heartbeat so in this case the worse it is the better so send us those really really ugly pieces <laughs> yeah and there's it's it's a cool thing with this too because i'm sure there's going to be some apprehension but don't let that stop you from entering because that's part of the fun because you're going to actually the the three uh, contestants that are chosen they're going to ha they're going to be on display, right? I mean, you're going to be checking in with them. They're going to be showing um, what they're doing and the process they're going through. And so, I mean, it's not as though they necessarily have it all planned out in the beginning. And uh, so, it's going to be a process that, that's uh, it's probably going to be suspenseful at times, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. It'll be suspenseful and it'll be exciting. You know, even if if you are familiar at all with shows like Flea Market Flip or anything like that. The cool thing about this is that there is going to be somewhat of a time constraint on it because one of the things we want to challenge people to do is to make it beautiful, but also make it beautiful within a, a certain amount of time. You know, if we all had unlimited time, we could, we could, you know, make it great. But if you have to do it within, I don't know, a week or so, that might be a little bit more of a challenge. And what I'm going to do, um, mm. what my role in this is going to be is almost kind of like the host where I'm going to check in with our mm -hmm. individual contestants. I'm going to see where they're at, see if they're having any problems, see if their um, design plan has changed, if they're definitely going to get recognition for, for what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really very cool, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up because that's an important aspect of it. Now, there are a couple other cool things that uh, that make this unique, and and one of those is that, um, you know, we're definitely sponsoring this. We're uh, going to uh, also have a couple other sponsors, and that is 
We're going to have a paint sponsor, and uh, it's going to be Mud Paint. They have joined us with this Zebra f- uh, Furniture Flip, but also D. Lawless Hardware. And so, uh, Jen, why don't you tell uh, what, what the role the sponsors are going to have uh, in this? Sure. So once the three contestants are chosen and we notify you that we want to see your piece made over, um, you will get to choose what brushes you need for your project um, that they will come from zebra um, you will get to look through mud paints large array of beautiful paints and get to pick what paints and m- maybe top coats or whatever you need from them and mm-hmm. then you'll also get to look through the d lawless um, selection they have an amazing selection of hardware and so you'll get to choose you'll have your brushes you'll have your paints and top coats and you'll have um your hardware and you're going to get all of that for free that's kind of part of the prize of you know being a part of well that that is a really cool uh incentive as well is the fact that uh, these contestants get free brushes they get the free paint they get the free hardware to use on that particular piece so that's extremely exciting but there's also another aspect of this that I think adds a lot of, of fun to it. Um, and the word is lifeline. So what are lifelines uh, for the zebra flip? Okay, so this should be really fun. So like we said before, this is open to everybody. So if you are a brand new refinish refinisher or if you've been doing this for six, seven, eight years, everybody is welcome to apply. But w- what we want to tell you is if you are a newer refinisher, so if you run into a problem, Um, um, with something along the way, you can reach out to me and I'll help you walk you through the process. We can, you know, we can have a FaceTime call or something like that. Anything to kind of get you through. Um, I have used mud paint a lot. I love it. So I'm familiar with it. Um, So if it's maybe that's a new to you paint and you know, you have a question about it, I'm here for you. Um, If you're not sure which zebra brush to use, I've used them all. (laughs) So I can, I can help you, you know, give you a recommendation. Or if there's just a technical problem with your piece, some bleed through issues or whatever it is, you will have two quote unquote lifelines that you'll be able to reach out to me. I will be happy to help you through that. Yeah, and just just again to reiterate, all of that is going to be for everybody to enjoy. So we're going to have social media platforms uh, from all the sponsors, including Jen. We'll be posting what's happening, what's transpiring during the course of this uh, short window of transformations that are going to take place. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, if you if you end up being a, a contestant in this, you're going to be able to showcase your process and any conversations that you have with Jen uh, will highlight those as well. Um, I do want to add that, you know, just basically uh, this is good faith effort on this, that uh, the lifelines really we're asking that you don't talk to other refinishers, that you don't get help from other people. We want to see what you can do on your own with the help of Jen, and that's what those two lifelines are for. So then that, that also adds a lot of excitement uh, to the whole process. So I think everyone will enjoy that. I think so too. It just adds to the fun. Well, we will keep everyone posted through our social media and our enjoyzebra.com site, but entries will likely be accepted as early as the second week in March. So if you don't have a piece to flip, start searching today. Thanks, Jen. We look forward to you hosting the event, keeping the participants on track, as well as all of us seeing these transformations take place. Yes, I am super excited about it. One of my favorite things about 
furniture refinishing is taking that ugly duckling and making it into a swan. And I can't wait to open it up to everybody else and see what you guys can do. Lots of fun to come. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at the zebrablog.com. That's zebra with an I blog.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and happy refinishing. 